Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Miss Rolling In podcast, as today we are joined by my dear friend Adam, who unfortunately is a Villa fan. Adam, <laughs> how are you doing? Good afternoon, I'm really good, thank you. It's been a long time since I've seen you actually, like your actual yes. face, a very long time. That's probably for the best. <laughs> uh, for, for context of those listening or watching, me and Adam know each other because we used to be in a band together. And not to flatter his ego too much, but Adam is the best drummer I have ever played with. So <laughs> we'll get the niceties out of the way before we trash talk each other's team. But All right, it's... yeah, I'll reciprocate. JJ is the best songwriter I've ever been in a band with. There we go. There you go. There you go. And I'm sure people that watch us will probably think I'm very talented. There's a little thing <laughs> that you don't know. I am. It's confirmed. Uh, let's get into it. So you are our opposition view. Obviously, Forest take on Villa this Saturday. Two very different sides, I guess. Yeah. Villa um, fighting at the top of the table. Forest struggling or fighting, whichever way you want to look at it, at the bottom of the table. So I guess for those that don't really pay too much attention to Villa because it's at the end of the table that they're not normally looking at, how how's Villa's campaign gone so far? What's the season been like? And I guess what what we are more focused on is, in particular, recent form. Yeah, well, I guess uh, no one really knew how to deal with Villa at the start because Emery came in with his own unique way of playing. And I think if I was to sum it up in the way that I see it in my head, we've pretty much had all of the good variants within one season in the first half of the season. So in terms of the recent form, I'm not. So when, when we were doing really well, I was actually starting to realize that I was getting a, a little bit annoyed um, and starting to trickle into that fickle side when we were playing poorly. I was like, oh, used to us playing so good now. But now we've had these poorer games and, and we've had these losses. You kind of come to the realization now it's it's variants of the game. It's variants of his tactics you're always going to have losses. So we're, I think we're currently going through that, which has been compounded by just how many injuries we've had. Um, so we're, but the thing is, I couldn't say whether you're coming, you're playing us in bad form or not. I, I wouldn't say that we're going through a rough patch, but we do have lots of injuries. So Yeah, if we look at the last five games, for those watching, they can see it on screen, but for those listening... Uh, Villa's last five games includes a win against Fulham, a loss against Man United, a win against Sheffield United, a loss against Newcastle and a draw against Everton compared to Forest who won against West Ham, lost against Newcastle, drew against Bournemouth and lost against both Arsenal and Brentford. So obviously focusing purely on the last five games, two wins and a draw, I don't think many Premier League teams can argue against that. I guess Man United and Newcastle are good teams in their own right. Mm-hmm. That Man United oh. result was Man United getting lucky. If you look at all the stats, you look at the XG, if you watch the game, we were unlucky. We should have at least got a point, but more than likely in the long run, we'd win that game more than we'd lose it. Interesting. Do you, do you, we were talking about this before we started recording. You mentioned the fickle side as well. Is it a weird time to be a Villa fan at the minute? Because I guess recent history, you were essentially where Forest are currently trying to find mm. your feet back in the Premier League, spending the money to give yourself the best platform uh, and sort of operating at the lower end of the table. I think the transition to a team fighting for Europe and you know being top of the table uh, on a few occasions or at least being close to, you'll have to tell me which one that is, uh, earlier in the season, 
it must be a very strange world when you get into losing against teams like Man United and Newcastle and thinking we should be doing better here. You're fourth in the table. Is it a bit of a weird time to be a Villa fan, expecting more, but recent history telling you that that's not what you've always had? It's uh, So firstly, we were top of the table for, I think, about five, about five ten minutes. I remember watching the game and, and screenshotting it until I think Sheffield United equalised or whatever happened. So we have been top. I have a screenshot for proof, but not for long. <laughs> so it yeah. doesn't actually matter. Um, it's an incredible time to be a Villa fan. Like we're, I feel like we're just at the start, much like with teams like Newcastle. This is only the beginning. He's an, inherited a team that Gerard couldn't get a win out of at all and we would have been in, in a rele- relegation battle. Yeah, he's brought in a few people, but he's just such a good tactician that I, I can only see it going up. I really can. We interrupt this programme with a quick word from our sponsors. Our sponsors' football prizes are giving away this brilliant Danilo signed and frame shirt. Wow, it's amazing. You can enter this competition at footballprizes.co.uk. I will do. If you're too late to this and watch this after it's ended, fear not, there are plenty more Forest prizes upcoming. Wow. So follow them on social media. Thank you. If you fell outside of the European spots and didn't achieve uh, Europe this season, is that regarded as a poor season or any other season, I think, in recent history for Villa that would be regarded as positive no threat of relegation happy days but have you now transitioned into the fan base and side that looks at falling outside of Europe and thinking not quite good enough I think it's got to be taken season by season so for instance this season Ollie Watkins is second or if if you take away penalties top on stats for goals and assists I think possibly across Europe and we've had such a good start to the season that taking it season by season, if you look at this one, it would be disappointing to be outside of the top six. It really would. Considering, like I said, we we outplayed Man United based on the stats. Yeah, we couldn't convert and for, therefore it's not really relevant. But if you're talking this season, lower than sixth would be, it wouldn't be disappointing. It would be a shame that we didn't capitalise on how good a framework we've built. Yeah, I think... I think- I think that shows what, what a good job Emery's done since he came in. So, obviously, your next challenge, the stumbling block, could be Nottingham Forest. Uh, for fans listening to this, who are, outside of the very obvious one, which I'm sure you'll say, who are the main threats that, as Forest fans, we should be looking out for at the weekend? Well, it completely depends on um, the way you set up, which I, I can't, like I've, I think I said to you before we started recording, I can't. I've got the worst memory and I can't remember exactly how the game panned out. But like you said, you were our first loss in our string of results. So the worry, if you're going to park the bus a bit and play the counter, is our more creative players trying to break down your team. So Dougie Louise, who I think is my favourite player for Villa, the best midfielder we've had in a long time. And Bailey, I think so. Um, as well because, as obviously Watkins as well. Well, you said other than the saying. obvious. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Dougie can really make things happen. Uh, we always look for uh, teams to come on to us so we can find the space through the middle and be as direct as possible. Um, but if that isn't the case, we still utilize the middle, it seems, but then we kind of go sideways and try and fashion chances through quick pass movements and um, 
and the like. So, yeah, it's, it's our more creative players like Bailey, like Dougie. Um, McGinn, who can hold the ball really, uh, really well and play, yeah, players that can um, recycle possession and create issues um, through how just how well they can make chances happen. And in terms of there's a, a supposed injury crisis at Villa, you said before we start recording that there's that many you've, you've had to get a list up. Mm. How influential are the people that are out? You mentioned a few players there, obviously Watkins, Douglas Louise, uh, Bailey, McGinn. They feel like a pretty strong uh, leftover from any injuries. So how bad is the injury crisis? Who's out and what impact could that possibly have on Forest chances at the weekend? Is there anyone key that will be out? Yeah, I think we've had three ACLs this season, which wow. is absurd. Uh, it's our defence. So I saw a video the other day of the equivalent of a team like Spurs or Man City, which defenders you'd see them uh, fielding with the injuries we have in defence. Because obviously we've had Mings out for ages. Uh, I think we got, yeah, we've got Konza out now. Uh, we've got um, Carlos out, who's been brilliant. Um, so we're fielding Longley and we're fielding, we've now thankfully got Powell back, Powell Torres, who has come back in and made an immediate impact. So it's hard to tell because he's only had one game. But what was the question? <laughs> uh, do Is there any key players out that may impact the result on Saturday? Only if you give us a lot of problems defensively, uh, which I don't know. I don't like. I said I don't really know much outside of Villa players because that's all I really focus on. But if you, if I remember rightly, you've got quite a lot of speed on the counter attack. Yeah, we've got um, Tyro up top, who is a threat, very strong. He's just come back from injury, so he's not completely match fit, but a lot of pace, a lot of strength, so he can bully mm -hmm. defenders and has bullied recently Saliba. Uh, he was obviously a great defender. So I think that's sort of the the yardstick for that. And we've got Alanga and Hudson-Odoi in the wings, who Alanga is a different type of speed. He is absolutely rapid. So he's a constant threat. Um, and Gibbs-White through the middle, who has his own pace and yeah. makes things happen. So we are very strong on the counter with a lot of speed and transition. So I guess, how that's are your fullbacks looking? Because Hudson-Odoi yeah. and Alanga are can cause problems on their day, particularly Alanga with his pace. So who would, who will they be up against in terms of fullbacks? Is that an issue where you've got injuries? Uh, for, for some reason, he's been preferring Konza over uh, Matty Cash in recent days. But since Konza has been injured, we've got Matty Cash back in. Um, and then we've had Dina, but now Moreno's back. He's chosen him. And neither are like in the kind of top of the wing-back uh, players in the league, I don't think. I mean, Matty Cash is amazing. Moreno is amazing. But defensively, against speed and against like just fast pass, passing, fast att uh, direct attacking, and especially our centre-backs who long lay and power are not fast at all. Interesting. Well, that, that, that is, gives me a lot of hope. That's where it's going to happen for you, which I think that's exactly how it played out last time. Yeah, well, we with that we high were... line. Um, but like I said, with Emery, he plays um, a numbers game, so we're always going to be caught out on the high line just with variance with our offside trap. But if you can be clever about it and you can put as much focus into it as possible, you'll you'll beat that variance a bit and have a better chance of winning, I think.
And I think the reverse fixture showcased that pretty well because the high line worked, I think, nine times out of ten or eight times out of ten because we scored two goals. But uh, it felt like we were just consistently and constantly offside in that game. And it was a frustrating watch. We've, we've, yeah, but we've got the most offsides it. from a opposition in the whole league by like does, over double, does I think. Surprise me. It does not surprise <laughs> me one over bit. Double. It's, yeah. it's crazy. I think Spurs played quite similar in, in the fact that they stick to this high line and it's sort of unlike anything I've seen. It's it's wild. Um, we were just constantly offside and I think if you can bend your run right and time it right, you can capitalise on that. But it was so effective the majority of the time that it was frustrating. Um, but, like, I mean, we've we've had these struggles. We had the struggle against Forest. We had the struggle against Sheffield United to break them down. And I mean, they didn't really offer anything, so that's not a good example on the counter. But I like to think that Emery will, because I have entire faith in his ability to manage and adapt, that he'll have some sort of plan based on the last game. So it's going to be really interesting to see how we cope with that risk. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if Forrest, it's a different manager the last game that we played. We had Cooper in charge, but largely play, I guess, a similar style in terms of counter-attack, but it's much more effective and mm-hmm. we're trying to rid of defensive frailties. So it's well, I remember how dangerous Wolves were. Yeah, well, Wolves-Villa, I'm sure it's his own problem. Uh, but I guess, I guess... Did, did Nuno get the bet? Has Nuno ever had a Wolves v Villa game in, against Emery or was that way before? Not against time? Emery, only against Dean Smith that I can remember. But I remember Wolves Fine. being really scary to play against. He, he loves yeah. fast, direct attacking, doesn't he? Fast movement he of the ball. Yeah, He's, he has made a difference. And I think it'd be interesting to see if he sets up similar to the reverse fixture. But if we can exploit those weaknesses plus be a bit more effective then it should be an interesting game and with your injuries and defense that you've mentioned mm. uh it fills me with a bit of hope speaking of your defense a player that you've mentioned just there that i think some forest fans may be interested in hearing about is matty cash so how has our sweet prince gone down is he well regarded by villa fans or if you can't speak for villa fans is he well regarded by you i don't really listen to many villa fans um because i i've got well I, I speak to my one friend my friend tom um, your one friend my one villa uh fan friend that i speak to about football um because online is mostly just fickle people the online in general is mostly the loud voices of the of the few fickle people so i'm like what's the point if we have one bad game in a season they'll be like oh it's all over so i'm just like what's the point in even listening to it um, but me, how I feel about Matty Cash, I think he's incredible. You see, in all of his uh, interviews since Emery's come in, he's completely nailed on with what an understanding of what Emery wants to do. He's seeing exactly um, how well it's working, what he needs to do. And I think he's got such a clever head on for the game. And I think he's just such a trooper. He's everywhere he needs to be. Um, and yeah, for me, he's, I couldn't be more delighted that, that we got him. You're welcome. You are welcome. <laughs> and he, and he's, only, he's, a, he's only <laughs> grown as well. I mean, uh, Emery's been playing him a bit further forward sometimes this season, which I think is where he originally played, wasn't it, before he moved back to right back? Yeah, he was a winger a lot of the time. And then 
a manager just sort of came in. I think we tried him at wing back before and or full back and didn't it wasn't long term. He went back to sort of right mid and then one season Sabri Lamucci decided to play him full back and I think that's been the making of him and I think he's really grasped that and you know, obviously an international now for is it Poland, I think. Yeah. Uh every time I've seen him, he looks brilliant and I'd love to see him in a forest shirt again someday, but Glad, glad that it's going well for him. But he's, he's also he's a really, <laughs> <laughs> he's, I think he's really enjoying the direct nature of our game because he loves running at people. And you can see that every single game. He's trying his best to just charge at people and get by him. Cutting, he loves to cut in for a shot like Bailey does. So he really adds a lot of risk, a lot of um, threat to our right-hand side. Yeah. I guess Villa are quite a good blueprint of where Forrest could go. Obviously, we don't have a Emery in charge, but a team that are willing to put their money where their mouth is and spend and invest to stay in the Premier League. Invest smartly. We haven't quite got that level yet. We've invested. Whether we've invested smartly is a separate thing. Dougie Isn't Louise, we? 16 million. McGinn, 2.5 million. Kamara, I think on a free. And they're some of our, our best players now. Um, yeah. Ollie Watkins probably trebled or more in price. Um, yeah. I suppose you had the Grealish money as well, which yeah, yeah. really helped. But I think this season, technically, we have invested smartly. The players that are starting to develop. Uh, we had so many come in, didn't you? We did. We did. We, we had to give the nature of the championship. But I guess if we do invest smartly, Villa are a good blueprint of a team that goes from the bottom of the table or fight and relegation to just where it can lead you in this league and disrupt the the typical big six. Mm. Obviously, I think Unai Emery is a very special case. I think there's not too many managers like him about, so maybe that's why. But, you know, whoever's made it happen, be it your owners or what, you've invested smartly and you've got the pieces there, I think, to show teams like Forest what can happen. I guess Brighton are, are similar as well do it properly, and then you never know what could happen. Yeah, I think the the goal is, like with Brighton being a perfect example, that it doesn't matter who comes in and who leaves. It's it's a system that's drilled into the entire squad, including the youth, meaning that whoever comes in, and if we lose our best player, we're going to bring someone in, and it, because it's stats-based. It's almost like, um, what was that film, Money Moneyball, yeah. uh, where they invest low amounts, but it's all based on stats and based on like a really specific system that you can just thrive and continue to build regardless of what happens. I think that's pretty much the Brentford uh, way yeah. of doing things as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's a system that works and I think Forrest are trying. I think they're just impatiently trying. They're trying to make well, it these happen. Things, yeah, these things could take 5, 10, 15 years. Yeah. I don't see Villa um, being where I'd like them to be, which is challenging for top three for like five years but then you don't know what the dynamics going to be like in the season at that point you could see like uh a wolves or a west ham or brighton start to challenge for top four depending on on what happens or who knows ipswich could come up and absolutely dominate one season get a load of good players and a better man who who knows it's the beauty yeah. of football that's why we love watching it it's why we often love watching it sometimes forest can make me question that decision but typically i tell you what's why. been different this season since villa have been playing and challenging for the top four i've been watching a lot more football of other teams 
I've been mm. enjoying watching like the the Arsenal's, Tottenham's, Liverpool's, Man City games because it actually has like a tangible effect on my team. Whereas yeah. before when Villa were down near where Forest are, I had absolutely, I gave zero shits about almost the rest of the league other than checking the score for the teams below us because they weren't as yeah. exciting to watch because they were mostly parking the bus. But now I'm like watching what the other big teams are doing. Um, and I'm actually getting nervous when Villa play when the a game actually like really matters. It's it's made me love the game even more. <laughs> I get nervous watching Forest play, but for different reasons. Um, I actually think it's a good point. When when we were you know the the season we came up in the Championship, when other results really mattered, I watched too much football that year. Like I watched every single thing that directly affected Forest. Whereas yeah. now. It's the joy of football is almost taken out. I'm watching less football now because, for example, a Wolves versus Brighton is inconsequential to, to Forest. So if that's on the TV, I'm not bothered about watching it really. It's like you're Whereas, enduring the season. Yeah. Enduring it, it, it rather than enjoying it. It's, it. Exactly. And that's how it feels. It's just survive at all costs and hopefully keep building. And eventually, you know, we could be a team like a Villa, I guess, if we do it properly. But I feel flattered way. that you are you yeah. meant to come on here and I was meant to come on here and I was meant to be getting shit, but you're just sat here being like, well, I wish we could be like you one day. <laughs> what's annoying about Villa and in you in particular, um, and I've got a Sheffield Wednesday fan that's similar. Sometimes there's just teams that you hate for no reason and Villa have always been one of them for me. Sheffield Wednesday, also just one of those teams I don't like. Sheffield United, same. But through you supporting Villa, through my friend supporting Wednesday, friend supporting Sheffield United, these teams that I hate or hated, I'm starting to root for, which is frustrating. You've turned you've turned Villa around for me a little bit. Which well, like. to reciprocate, my dad was a Nottingham Forest fan, so I've got a special place for Nottingham Forest, so I'll never have an ill feeling towards them at all. So Good. you can sit with that. Uh, residual bitterness all you want but you're alone with it <laughs> good, good does that mean that you're when i ask for your predictions or score predictions next the soft the soft spot does that extend to a forest win or are no. you sticking with villa no i think you'll probably score because of our defensive frailties at the moment um but i think we're getting better and better at um playing against teams below us and i think that's going to start to show more and more so i think that it will be 2-1-3-1 villa 2-1 i'll I'll go safe and say 2-1 interestingly i think forest will score uh Mm -hmm. it just depends on how many we can see due to our defensive frailties and we're better at playing the teams higher up in the league and worse against lower teams so it should be an interesting game Everything we've just said sets it up nicely for a nil-nil bore draw, but I'm I, I am actually <laughs> feeling confident because I think we with Nuno we can go to teams like Villa and we're we're in it. You know, we're we're no longer starting one nil down because of our goalkeeper giving away mistakes. So I'm remaining hopeful that possibly we can do the job, do the double on you like we did in the reverse fixture. But either way, it'll be a very interesting game. Well, I'm just looking at our home results and it's only the top team. Well, yeah, new, we lost to Newcastle, we lost to Man United and we lost to uh, Chelsea, will be that in the cup. Um, but generally at home, I wouldn't bet against us. 
ever. Your your one saving grace is the fact that Sheffield United are awful and they managed to get a point at Villa Park. There you go. And you've got some some key players injured, so maybe that could affect it off the pitch. Bring so, it on. Yes, thank you very much for your time. I would say all the best for the weekend, but I don't mean it. I hope you have a miserable, <laughs> horrible Saturday because Villa have lost. Uh, but Godspeed with the rest of your season and thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me on.